Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside programme here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And we start off this week's programme with um, the second part of the Isle of Man Prime Stock Awards. Yes, a very busy turnout at the Isle of Man Meat Plant in Tremode there on Thursday to see the best of the best livestock produced by the Manx farmers. And it was a great turnout of people and even the Governor had come to see the second part of the show, which was really, really encouraging. Yeah, just, just on that, uh, of course, it's in two parts. The first week we uh, featured on last week's programme, which is where everyone goes to Knock Ale Farm, has a look at the stock that's going to head to the meat plant, isn't it? That's right, they've been picked out and fed properly ready for the second part of the show so they'll go at the best standard and then uh, hopefully it's what the Isle of Man public want an animal that's raised of high quality and they get judged there in their carcass form and then sold off to local supermarkets and butchers yeah and of course you spoke to uh, the new manager of the meat plant Phil Parsons among many of the people who were there and uh, winning the prizes as well and also uh, Lieutenant Governor Sir Richard Gosney was there too making a visit so you had a chat with him so it's all very interesting we'll hear all that on the first part of the programme I was at uh, Big Bry Radcliffe's Emporium on the Keen Ramsey uh, all recently done up so really? He told, so he told me. <laughs> and uh, he's got all the disco lights and everything going. And uh, he was there. And it just, you have to be patient because he's there on his own. So he's been on his own all week working away, getting the veg ready. He's there on a Saturday morning getting it out to the customers. So, uh, you know, I spoke to him how things were going ahead of the busy Christmas period. So, uh, an interesting chat with Bry. And also, you were talking to the famous. <laughs> Yes, he is famous, but he's ditched that red carpet for his welly boots, uh, J.B. Gill, a former member of JLS. And uh, he joined up with Mark Southern from the Head of Agriculture of Barclays. And it was a really interesting campaign they talk about. They're trying to get the young people back into agriculture. It's been left on the back burner. And now, you know, the industry is suffering because a lot of people are over the age of 65 and they're driving forward this campaign to get the youth back into it. There we go. So here all is in this week's Countryside. Graham Watterson, yet another huge success at the Prime Stock Show, not just with one beast. You've won the best bull, the best Angus, the best limousine, and the champion and reserve champion here at this year's Prime Stock Show. That must be the most awards one farmer has ever won, I imagine. Yeah, I think I'm happy, with, more than happy this year. I think they're fantastic. Um, best show of cattle I think I've had, and it's an honour to be here to pick all these prizes up for them. Um, over the moon about the situation. Thank you. And Graham, back at home, when do you pick these cattle out? Are they mostly homebred? Uh, yeah, some are homebred. There's one or two brought in. Um, I, I know what I like, and I just start to work with them. And the one at one at the live show. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for her. She was a cracker, and so I had to work hard with her and um, got her to where I wanted on the day, and I was over the moon with a cracking animal. Um, even the other ones, I was pleased. A lot of work, but um, and there's a teamwork here with Phil, and it all works out. There's a lot of stress, but <laughs> it's nice It's nice, and um, to keep the show going and keep put them into Ireland Man Meets, and it's for the people of the Isle of Man to give them the quality that they deserve, really. Sarah Cooley, yet another championship here at the Prime Stock Show. You just keep coming year on year. What do you do? I don't know, really. You just got to keep trying. On Monday at the at the St John's, you had champion and reserve out there. And again today, Sarah, a lot of hard work goes into it. Obviously, you've got to choose the genetics and then feed them correctly for the, for the time. Over the years, has it become a fine art? 
Yes, you learn something new every year. Do you stick to the same type of programme? Yes and no. Sometimes the lambs are ready before the actual day and that's quite tricky, just holding them. And other years you're pushing them to the day, feeding them, trying to get them up to the weight and the condition. Well, how do you manage with, with Mother Nature this year? We had the beast from the east in the springtime and then the drought through the summer. Does this affect your programme as years go by? In some ways the drought affected where I farm because um, it's quite wet so we had plenty of grass so we were one of the lucky ones really. So that would have helped these lambs get a bit ready sooner then so it would have been a fiddly few weeks running up to the show. Yes they've been ready about the last I'd say five six weeks they've been ready. So you're lucky they didn't go over the weight band here tonight then Sarah? Yes it was a bit touch and go really. Phil Parsons you're newly appointed to the Isle of Man Meets this summer as the manager. How do you find the Isle of Man and the livestock here? I really like the Isle of Man. I think it's a very uh, nice place to live. And I suppose nice is something to quantify. But the, the people are really good on the island and I've been welcomed all over it, even with some perhaps the controversial decisions have been made. Uh, we're still moving forward. The livestock is a very good cross-section of animals all the way across. There seems to be a lot of um, consistency in the lambs and the quality of the lambs that have been coming through all summer have been really good. We've had exceptional cattle, but there's also, you know, the, the lesser grades that I look for that I would sell to a butcher. But it's not necessarily that they're wrong, but they're not in a market where we are at the moment. And tonight you had the very difficult job of the championships of the sheep, the cattle and the pigs at the Prime Stock Show. What were you looking for in your champions in particular? I think, to be fair, because of the, the, the sort of cross-section it was in, I looked for the, the best in, in their own uh, classes. Um, obviously, I favour a little bit more fat than perhaps some would like, but that's my opinion. Uh, because I base that on what I can sell. Mm -hmm. um, they were all stunning. The, the native breeds were, were really good. Um, the fat cover on some of the native breeds were like I, was, I had Shoprite having a look round with me, and they, you know, they want them all. Brilliant, isn't it? But how does the natives compare to the continentals? They say that they're a far better eating quality. There's two sides to it. If you were a 30-year-old housewife in the middle of the city, you would go and buy a Continental because it perhaps technically wouldn't have as much cover. But the more traditional person who understands it would be going for your native breeds, which is slower growing with a bit more cover on it. Yeah, the, the marbling is always that uh, help in the, in the cooking of it, and it always does taste a little bit better on a, on a Sunday dinner, doesn't it? How do you think we can get more people eating beef and lamb? Well, I think that's down to the education, really, of what. And we've got to start with the, the younger generation to understand, A, where it's coming from and, and what's best for them. And here on the Isle of Man, we, you know, it's so local. There's no food miles. We've got such a high welfare standard for the, for the livestock farms on the island. You, you can't really beat the product that's getting produced by the local farmers. No, I, I was quite surprised, and I've mentioned it many times, that you can sort of buy Orkney cheese in Cornwall, but you couldn't find Isle of Man meats in Cornwall, and it's probably of a similar quality 
So now, as your position at Isle of Man meets here, Phil, you'll be starting to build more relationships, working with, with local butchers and outlets to, to get the Manx produce around this island. Yeah, my vision, and it's my personal vision, is that we should be making sure that the island has got everything it uh, produces sold back to itself before we start looking to move it off island and, and perhaps reduce, if I'm brave enough, to reduce what we import because we've got to produce more through the plant. But the, the farmers managing the livestock around the island is what shapes this beautiful countryside. We mustn't forget that, you know, they are doing a sterling job out there. Yeah, they... You know, the quality, you can see that it comes in, how they're being treated and looked after, and the sort of standards of cattle that are coming in, you only have to look at the show to see what's out there. One competitor in particular tonight, Graham Watterson from the Braid, he basically swept the boards with his cattle. You know, he knows what Isle of Man meets. He's been working closely with the grid to produce the best. Yeah, there was quite a cross-section through with uh, Graham's cattle. Each one was looked at individually within their own group. And I, I started to look at it slightly different, that I had to look at the, the class it was in and whether it would make what I personally would like or whether it was the best in that class. And that's why perhaps some of them are a little bit leaner than I would have normally picked, but they were still the best in their class. Yeah. It was a great display, and, and Sarah Cooley producing the Beltex Continental lambs year on year coming out on top. Quality lambs. A lot of attention's gone into those lambs. Cooley, you're the vice president of the Royal Manx Show. What a great success the Prime Stock Show has been this year. What a turnout on Monday. It was fabulous, and it's so nice to see such high quality of produce. And here tonight at the abattoir, there's a, a fantastic selection. I know some people and the general public don't like the, the carcass side of it, but as producers of the Isle of Meat, we need, we need this because it's our show uh, to show what we're producing. And we need to be able to check that our gene lines that we're, people, the farmers, are trying very hard to keep and it run are turning out correctly for the general public, for the Manx butchers and the Manx population of the cuts they want. This is it. And to have this, the management and staff of the plant here tonight talking amongst the farmers, we've got people from the government, you know, they're trying to guide and make this plant work. Yes, I think it's an uphill struggle and we're all going to have to pull together to try and get us through it. It was a shame the young farmers couldn't be here tonight. I think we've missed them. But um, hopefully they'll have another nice... But there were 69 in total on Monday out at Nokalo doing the stock judging. That is a huge amount of young farmers in the, in the realms of things. It is. I think it's got to be the, one of the highest years it's been for a long, long time. And it's so nice to see so many youngsters enthusiastic about keeping the Manx farming going. And this event doesn't happen just by having the top end of the show society. There's a lot of helpers in the background. There's so much hard work goes on. I know I've been talking to the secretary and she said, golly, it's worse than running the two-day show. There's that much preparation you've got to do and organising with people that we've got the cattle wagons in the right places and the slaughterhouse at the right time. Yes, there's an awful lot of work going into it. And then the sponsorship and to make this place look as good as it is tonight as well. We must say a massive thank you to all our sponsors. I'm not going to even start to name them because I'm bound to miss somebody out. <laughs> but thank you very much. It's very much appreciated. And for this week and for the actual show in the summertime as well, without the sponsors, we couldn't keep going, really. You have seen both parts of this competition. You saw them in Nokalo on Thursday and today in the meat plant. What was, what's your thoughts about the whole livestock industry here on the Isle of Man? Well, what strikes me very strongly is the pride that all the livestock farmers have 
in their animals. Sure, it's, it's their livelihood, they've got to make, cover their costs, but when you think of the people who put in animals on Monday in Narcalo, the prizes, prizes are very small. They don't do it for that, they do it because they have tense uh, tense satisfaction and, and great pleasure in producing very good animals. And the fact that those animals are going to be meat by the Thursday, as we've seen uh, this evening, doesn't stop them polishing their coats up and all the rest of it. And that's what, that's, if you like, the, the joy, the uh, excitement of it all, is that these people who are farmers by profession, but livestock farmers by choice and with an enormous amount of pride in what they do. And that's great to see. That was the Lieutenant Governor Sir Richard Gosney, Fiona Dale, the Vice President of the Royal Manx Show Society, Phil Parsons, the Judge of the Night and the Manager of the Isle of Man Meat Plant, and Sarah Cooley, the Winner of the Sheep Section, along with Graham Watterson, the overall champion beef on both occasions. And did anyone get them spot on? What was from the first uh, um, live viewing last week to this week? Well, Graham won the live section last week and so did Sarah, so both judges will be happy of their, their sections as they came through in the results there on the Thursday evening as well. Uh, a credit to Graham Watterson taking most of the honours in all of the beef section and uh, a real good display of cattle from him. A really good display of vegetables and we're at Brian Radcliffe's stall on the quay in Ramsey and I popped along to see him on a very busy Saturday morning where he's there and getting to lots of visitors from all over the island uh, to get the fresh vegetables and the carrots covered in soil still that uh, he prides himself on. A busy man and a busy week ahead and that's just part of it that we see. So I caught up with him in the newly refurbished outlet on the quayside. It's had a slicker whitewash, and by gum it looks smart, doesn't it? And check out the laser light show. It's all done with mirrors and satellites. Did you know that? I'll believe that when yeah. I see it. Yeah, we're on the countdown now, aren't we? Not long to go until um, my back gets really sore from picking sprouts. Now, this is the, the thing. This is only the, the, the tiny bit of it that people are seeing on a Saturday, aren't they, when you hear um, selling it? Absolutely. The colossal amount of work which gets done the rest of a week um, in the summertime when you're growing all the produce and things. And by gum, we've had a real tough summer. It has been so bad, as everybody knows. You know, we had 11 weeks without rain down where I am, up north here. Um, other parts of the island didn't do too bad, but 11 weeks without rain, it was dreadful. Do you, do you have a sort of irrigation system that you can use? Uh, I've got a tap. Uh, and <laughs> some I, buckets a tap and buckets and a hunk of hose pipe but it only goes so far and um, it was really quite miserable we were it, it just dire people don't realize when you drove over the mountain and looked across the whole of a northern plain how dry and burnt and everything it was and we did lose a colossal amount of crop but hey ho battle on what was the worst thing that it affects that sort of weather the dry spell we had uh, i just frizzled up i had to keep lashing the suntan lotion on it was dreadful no but um everything suffers we, we were feeding the cattle hay in end of june july and the, the plants which were just planted out were just keeling over there just wasn't any moisture in the soil um yeah every sector was um suffering but hey like i said we're, we're here now and we'll battle on with it yeah but, yeah but i mean this of last few weeks of course you, you've had the opposite where there's been <laughs> plenty of rain i mean is is that caused trouble or you sort of cope with that up to a certain amount no, the, the back end has been really good. It's been fantastic since um, September time and been really kind for drying the onions and getting the spuds out. And It's been mild enough to keep things growing steadily enough. Anything which has survived has grown on steady. So, yeah, been okay so far. Which, which sort of items take, take the most work, really? Are, are onions quite thing? Because obviously you 
still tie them up and dry them like the old way? I, I do, I'm a bit old fashioned, I pick them by hand and dry them up uh, and try and string them as best you can but um, there's no real size on them this year. Um, kale is quite tedious to pick as well and carrots. Everything is, there's an awful lot of labour content in horticulture. What you see here today, it all looks lovely and grand and everything but there's a colossal amount of hours which has gone into picking it and getting it ready and especially in the run-up to Christmas where we'll be doubly busy um, with lots of orders and things like that. But of course there's supermarket competition, other bits and pieces and farm shops around now popping up and but you seem as busy as ever here, is that the case? Yeah, I'm just lucky enough to keep going and um, come into Briarad's Fresh Veg Shed and it's a whole shopping experience <laughs> whether you just come in to see the lovely Christmas lights or to get some super sexy broccoli or the curly kale which is out of this world. But it's not just the northern people that have been in. We've been chatting to people before we started uh, chatting together. Uh, there's people from Dolby being in and uh, Douglas coming over the mountain, just especially maybe to do a bit of shopping, but to get their stuff from here as well, which is uh, encouraging. They do. They do come from all over the island, and I'm very blessed to have such a, a cult following, I suppose, really. Um, I've been here for um, a colossal length of time. and when How I, many years? How many years? Well... I had hair, and now it's all gone, so, I mean, I've been here in my present position for the past 18, 19 years, so, but I've been growing veggies for 30 plus, and my yeah. father and family before that, so, been around a little while. But you move with the times as well, I mean, you just don't have carrots and spuds here now. No, we've got exotics like um, spinach and uh, leeks. Um, and turnips and swedes and parsnips and yeah a good range of veg and some um, sweet potatoes as well not locally grown I have to say but yeah sweet potatoes too. Is that something that has changed for you being here for 18 years in this place seeing that there's a lot more vegetarians vegans sort of around now does has that made you have to change what you've got in the shop or what you grow? Not at all but we just like to have um, the choice and the range um, yeah, and, and you build up a, a lovely rapport with the customers and they're good to support you and you get to know them personally and what they like and what they don't like and the general feedback is smashing as well so you try and grow new things every year just according to demand. Yeah. And it's like the spiky cauliflowers. Have you tried one of those green cauliflowers, Simon? Uh, I have had them in the past, I think. But, they're uh, really we're going to get some today. A lovely nutty flavour, a lovely <laughs> nutty flavour. So... No cause for expansion yet. Then obviously there's a site next door, <laughs> good acreage that you could break into. <laughs> no, I think I'll be staying put for a bit longer. But um, it, it's lovely here. It's 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 a nice spot. I'm very lucky to have such a, a lovely position in town. All right, we'll let yeah. you get on because there's a big queue here now. There's a big queue here now, and don't forget when you've got a spare moment or two, Sprouts and Eden Pick and Simon, come on down, okay? Brian Radcliffe from Rye Hill in Andrus or Regaby and. Uh, just got such a rapport with the customers, which I think uh, they stay so loyal to him. He's a real character and he has the charm with all the ladies that go in there. I'm sure they just go to visit him a lot <laughs> of the time. But no, what quality veg and all locally grown, the amount of hours and work that go on at that farm back home. And some of the, if you follow him on Facebook, some of the days he's there in the rain and hail getting his sprouts in ready for us for Christmas. And we do take a journey up north, actually, to get a few sprouts yeah. for our Christmas sexy dinner. Sexy broccoli as well, isn't it? Yeah. You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. 
Well, you had the privilege of interviewing some very famous people during the week, haven't you? That's right. I caught up with uh, a JLS boy band member, J.B. Gill, who has now took up farming. How bizarre. Right. Well, uh, I suppose uh, <laughs> it's a name, you know, isn't it? It's a famous name, and now he's gone into farming, where I suppose lots are coming out, so that's the uniqueness of this, isn't it? That's right. He's joined forces with Barclays Bank, and they're hoping to drive a campaign called Farm the Future to to try and get young people involved in the industry. And I caught up with JB to find out more about this campaign. It's great to see that you guys are launching the uh, Farm the Future campaign. How has it all come about? Yeah, well, it's a partnership between myself, JB Gill and, and, and Barclays. Um, the campaign's called Farm the Future, as you mentioned there. And really, it's just encouraging young people like yourself uh, to consider a career in agriculture and farming, but also for, for people who perhaps are the older generation. Um, the average age of farm farmers um, is about 55 and a half, um, and that age is increasing. So really, those people who own the farms and who are perhaps considering retirement, um, really to help them plan for the future and giving them succession planning tips um, and advice as well. Because that is really the taboo topic. You know, the, I'm a family farm and it is something we don't really talk about. You know, I've been to a meeting recently with young farmers and they say it's the access to land is the biggest problem and also the access to money, I suppose, is where Barclays would come into play. Yeah, I think it, it's really important to that, that piece about access to land and access to money. And uh, and, and you'll know as well is that, that, that that isn't just the only route into farming. You know, the, the, there's other ways that people can either work with or think about things like share farming agreements, yeah. where this really allows sort of new entrants, young people to, to work in partnership with perhaps those that are sort of starting to look to retirement and think about how they can then sort of start to farm with much less capital. Um, and it obviously, as the share of the business grows, increased profits retained, gives the younger person the opportunity to then invest in their own plant, machinery, stock and ultimately land. So there are new ways and different ways to start thinking about working together. Oh, absolutely. And JB, the last time I seen you was on stage with JLS, the boy band. How the heck did you ever get into farming yourself? Or why did you even? <laughs> well, as you all know, you know, the, the farming industry and food in particular just uh, covers a, a breadth of different communities and industries, um, you know, and it, and it permeates every single industry, you know. And yeah. for me, I think it's it's increasingly important. We all have to eat to survive. And the way that we approach and understand our food is declining, to be honest. Like a lot of people adults and children alike don't know where their food comes from don't know the journey that their food takes and it's not surprising that we've got so many different controversies and so many different trust issues with 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 retailers and producers alike and i think the more that we can do to encourage and increase uh, the knowledge and and the understanding about the industry uh, the more that not only can we get younger people going into farming but also i think people in other industries will appreciate how important it is to the fabric of our society. It really is. And do you think educating the younger children, you know, in primary school age uh, would be would be better? Would it be better bringing it into the curriculum and maybe doing a GCSE? You see it in the news, you know, this is something that maybe Adam Henson really enjoys is the educational side of it. Do you think that would work? Absolutely, you know, and I think it's got to be done on every platform. You know, it's got to be done legally with the government. It's got to be done with in business with the whether it's the banks or whether it's retailers or whatever. It's got to be done on the on the ground level with the communities and and especially locally and then obviously regionally as well. You know, and it's got to be done in entertainment. And that's one of the reasons why you know I'm I'm proud to be the spokesperson, the figurehead for this campaign. Um, and I give my time and and my profile and my passion and everything to it because the farming industry is often uh, as you 
you said yourself, you know, it's an industry that people feel very, very passionate passionate about. But at the same time, lots of, of, of things go unspoken, go unsaid. And, and often it's because there's no platform really to, to, to say it. And, you know, there's always been this sort of country and, and city divide. But yeah. actually, there isn't a divide because we all need to eat. And whether it's the country supplying the food or it's the urban community distributing that food, there's got to be some sort of synergy. And, and really, we've got to do all we can uh, to raise the awareness and, and to help the industry to continue to flourish. And seeing a young person like yourself, you know, it, it gives the inspiration to others that are non-farming. You know, he's having a go at it. Why can't I? How do people actually make a start? You know, how did you make a start? Did you go to your local neighbouring farmer and say, I want to have a go at, you know, milking a cow? How did, how did you get in there? Absolutely. You, you've, you've got to do your research. And, and for me, obviously, having been part of JLS, I was able to, to, to purchase this plot of land. But ah, yeah. you don't have to buy land in order to, to get started in farming. And, you know, there are lots of different opportunities, lots of different ways that you can get into to farming. As Mark mentioned there, you know, Barclays via this campaign are, are able to to spread that message. And, and there's lots of different articles on, on the website. If you go to barclays.co.uk slash agriculture, um, which can give tips and give advice to, to new entrants and people who are considering a career in farming but as I say also help to link them with people who have had family farms and and perhaps the children um, or their children don't want to take it on helping new entrants to be able to apply or or work with existing farmers to be able to eventually hand that over to people who are hungry and enthusiastic for the industry. No, you're absolutely right. But uh, local produce, I think that has to be something that Britain has a really, really high welfare standard. You know, there's a lot of cheaper imports coming in. You know, isn't this something we've really got to push? For me, actually, Kiri, I think that that whole piece about um, talking about provenance, talking about the quality of British produce um, is absolutely key. And, uh, you know, the the only way we can do that is by talking to people about it, explaining about the welfare and the standards that uh, people farm to in the UK to give people confidence about the quality um, and certainty of what's been uh, what's been eaten. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is giving that reassurance to our local public. And, um, well, I hope lots more young people will hear our report and uh, inspire to be a farmer just like you, JB. Um, I hope the campaign goes really, really well for you guys. That was JB Gill, former member of the boy band JLS, and Mark Southern, National Head of Agriculture of Barclays. And interesting uh, that he's got some some views on what he wants to see. And I suppose the... The worry of why a lot are coming out of it or not going into it at a young age, isn't it? That's right. It's only 3% of young people going into agriculture at the moment. It is a very, very low number. And it's a serious lack of youth that are joining this industry that's concerning. So a person like JB that's successful, that's quite inspiring, they're looking up to him, but he thinks there's not enough getting done to get young people involved in agriculture. Yeah, well, that's the way it is, I'm afraid, isn't it? There's... uh... The lure of the big books in other areas and probably a lot easier work, as some will see, and that's possibly the reasons why, isn't it? That's right. It is. It's long hours and it is hard work, but um, maybe people don't want the responsibilities for for livestock uh, and it doesn't pay overly great but there's a lot of reward in there when you're standing at the Prime Stock Show with your prize animals. You know, there's a lot of good points to it as well. Maybe buying a few dairy cows because you'd be able to sing to them and uh, <laughs> try and prove this theory that uh, they'll get more milk out of them, maybe. Oh, well, who knows? He's got didn't turkeys. didn't serenade you. No, not quite. <laughs> oh, all right, fair enough. All right, we'll leave it there on that uh, note for Christmas. Note the pun there on the songs. But, but just one thing before we go, Kiri, um, there's an important announcement 
announcement to me. That's right. The Wool Board requests the last of the wool to be brought over there to Knockalo now by the 14th of December. And if you can get in touch with Andrew Willoughby or Brian Lease at the Wool Board and book your slot, uh, they require the last of the wool to be in. <laughs> Well, that was this week's countryside. Uh, J.B. Gill, formerly of the JLS, uh, joining forces with the Barclays and really seems passionate about wanting to try and get some more youth involved into the agricultural world, which, uh, as we said, the the percentage was fairly low, wasn't it? It is. It's really dire. And uh, Adam Henson and the like have been trying to get a GCSE brought back in. And I can remember when I went to Castle Rush and there used to be rural science classes there. And that, sure enough, was done away with, you know, that was a good 10, 15 years ago now. And um, only Ramsey Grammar has it over here. So it is definitely something to look into because our island wouldn't look as good without the agricultural industry. No, and uh, good results from the uh, second part of the Prime Stock show there. Graham Watty uh, coming out on top there. He does the double and he's been winning that Prime Stock show for maybe Mm -hmm. eight or nine years now. And Sarah Cooley, the same. The two of them work really, really hard for that show in particular and a credit to them both. Yeah, and uh, Big Bry soldiering away with his vegetables, his uh, broccolis and the the cauliflower he was talking about, the, the... funny crinkly one oh very modern superfoods very had that the other day beautiful was it yeah it was you can't beat local produce simon can't indeed okay we'll leave it there for this week's country so we're back next week so from me simon clark and me kerry kermode we'll see you next week bye-bye bye-bye don't sit in the slow lane join the fast lane right now with shaw's all-new super fast plus broadband Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shore. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shore.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.